their finance staffs aren't keeping up and not providing them with the visibility that they need to run their business. So frankly, they're just not getting numbers and at all. Uh, and if they do, they're not really accurate or helpful. So what I've been able to do is in pretty short orders, be able to uh, provide some visibility for leadership because it's not just numbers as well as trying to drive insight. And some of that. Joining us today on Scaling with People podcast, I have Ray Del Valle here, who is joining me today with 30 years of financial leadership experience at organizations that include FedEx, MTV Networks, Disney, and Ticketmaster. He has positions with BC and PE backed companies for growth, leveraging Fortune 50 best practices and deploying machine learning and cloud based tools. Ray has experience across multiple industries, including ticketing, e-commerce, SaaS, and digital media. Decades of international experience and fluent in Spanish, has his MBA and bachelor's in finance from Florida International University in Miami. He's an advisory board member of the Los Angeles CFO Leadership Council, and he's also an av avid cyclist named Crash for his mountain biking exploits. I gotta ask, is name Crash because you've had more crashes than anyone else in your group? Where did that nickname come from? It's multiple exploits. Um, a lot of times uh, I was much more ambitious and I was skilled and uh, <laughs> so ended up uh, in the hospital a couple of different times, but I'm good now. So oh, no. uh, okay, well, good. <laughs> a variety <laughs> of stitches and broken bones. Yes. And focusing more on the finance side of the house. So tell me, how did you go from working with such great companies like FedEx, MTV, and Disney, and Ticketmaster to now running your own business and being an interim CFO. Interestingly enough, it was quite by accident. Um, ended up having a family emergency. Had to uh, take care of my mom who lives in Miami. I live in LA. And um, had to get it settled and had to take a few months off from the corporate ladder climb. And uh, when I came back and was available, I was pitched a couple of opportunities. Uh, first of all, um, the one where I worked with you came up because a former boss was uh, chairman of the audit committee and asked me to come help the company through a strategic review. And then after that, it was just one uh, gig after another. And what was interesting about all that is um, I've learned a lot. So uh, ended up going through several different industry, uh, everything, industries. So everything from online gambling as when we were working together to um, TV commercial production uh, and, and everything in between. So uh, it's been a super interesting journey. Um, even though I have been, uh, as we've said, an interim CFO and consultant, I'm also open to permanent roles as well. It's just so happened that this has worked out for me quite well. And so when you're talking to the CEOs, the founders, board, investors, whomever you're talking to about maybe coming on board as an interim, what are some of the things that you're seeing CEOs are struggling with the most in, in today's landscape? What they're all facing right now is businesses accelerating. Things are moving fast. And their finance staffs aren't keeping up and not providing them with the visibility that they need to run their business. So frankly, they're just not getting numbers and at all. Uh, and if they do, they're not really accurate or helpful. So what I've been able to do is in pretty short orders, be able to uh, provide some visibility for leadership because it's not just numbers as well as trying to drive insight. 
and some of that process as well are, are things that are really not even financial, um, directly financial, so KPIs and metrics and the like that are things that we need to monitor uh, to drive the health of the business. So in, in that process, is it also you found that sometimes it's it's dealing with the current team members and rebuilding the structure? Is it building processes that don't exist or maybe implementing improvements to what's currently there? What have you found kind of as a repeat theme that you've been dealing with? Actually, all of the above. <laughs> so uh, a lot of times what's happened is you might have had staff um, that basically grew up with the company, but that is the only thing that they've ever known, the only organization that they've ever worked at. So what I bring is, and I know it was a mouthful with the intro and my bio, but what I do bring is best practices from some of the best run companies in the world. Federal Express, super well-run company. Disney, super well-run company. And the list goes on. So. Again, these are big companies, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they only apply to enterprise giganto corporations. There's a lot of best practices that, that, that apply, which is, you know, things like how do you speed up your accounting closes so that you have numbers on a more timely basis? How do you put together a budget process so that you can plan uh, for your future? How do you do things like um, KPI reporting and analysis so that you can determine what's happening in your business? So. Uh, these are not things that are only useful for big companies. They're useful to everybody. It's really having visibility into how your business is running. Ultimately, this should result in better results, better cash flow, better <laughs> income statements, and and a higher valuation for your company. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know what's going on in your financial landscape of your business, how you're spending money, how, where mon the money is coming in, and if money needs to be collected too, then how can you make the right decisions on where to take your company and how to grow it? Absolutely. And you've touched on something that is a huge differentiator sometimes between huge corporations and small companies. So one of the things is that when you're in a smaller company, cash flow matters. So mm -hmm. it, it, you can't necessarily have somebody parachute in from a big company because a lot of times the cash is there or somebody else handles it. But when you're the CFO for a small and medium-sized business, these are some of the things that you have to look after because you have to be able to make payroll. You have to be able to pay your vendors. So you need to be able to then manage your cash flow efficiently and effectively to, the, to manage your business, to run your business. That's the lifeblood of your business. So that's a good point. Especially with the individuals that are listening here who are founders and CEOs of startup businesses where they probably are either VC or PE back. They have a certain amount of money from their last funding round and they know, okay, this they need to know, I should say, they need to know where their run rate is, right? How long are they going to be able to last at the current momentum of where they're spending and where they're getting money and be able to say, okay, I'm going to have to go get funding probably in the next 12 months or is it eight months or is it? 24 months. And if you don't have that information, how will you be able to make the right decisions on where to spend money and, and when you are ready to go out and start funding again, right? No, and absolutely. And look, that's what a good CFO will do for you. And especially somebody who uh, has managed 
all aspects of the business, right? Because sometimes you'll get folks that have only done the accounting or have only done the financial planning. So one of the things you get when you have somebody who's been a true CFO that's handled accounting, finance, treasury, tax, and all of that is that you understand how these parts are interrelated. So part of it is understanding your your kind of your actuals, right? Your how, how your monthly closes are going, and then be able to understand the behavior of your expenses, understand your contracts, so that then you can project into the future. Because especially in this environment where a lot of the VCs are cutting back their funding. When people are talking about having enough runway, another thing that I think CFOs, especially interim experienced CFOs like yourself, can help a startup company is when you get to that point of liquidity being on the horizon or even getting to the point where you're IPOing. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like and, and how you've been supporting clients from that perspective. So I've done that. And so a lot of it is, is being able to not only do the forecasting and the actuals reporting, which is all part of the job, but be able to turn that into a story. Because one of the things that investors want to know is where's your company going? So it's helping craft the story. We've It's being able to say, this is the market opportunity and this is how we're going to address it. So you know, one thing is to say um, we're projecting a you know three billion dollar revenue business when we're at zero today. But the other is to say, well, the TAM out there is eight billion, and you know we think we can get there through this, that, and the other um, because we've got better technology and we think that we're well positioned for growth. Now, if it is a ten billion dollar TAM, you're not going to get three billion, but there there is certainly uh, a realistic opportunity to capture a significant profitable revenue uh, out of that. And so when um, companies are working towards this, like what kind of infrastructure should they be putting into place to not only help maybe for that goal, but just an efficient, efficient hyper growth. A lot of the startup companies, they get to a point where they're ready to really grow, grow, grow. What kind of infrastructure do you recommend? And, and maybe this is too detailed of a question, but maybe high level of like how you've helped companies put that infrastructure in place to support the hyper growth that they're going towards or about to launch. Right. So there's a couple of things that are going to be super important is that you have sophisticated accounting systems, general ledger systems, ERPs, right? So some names would be like, uh, everybody knows uh, NetSuite, right? So NetSuite's kind of the standard for small and medium businesses. And then what you do is you couple that with a sophisticated planning system. So planning systems, um, nowadays, there's not a lot of actual work that goes into developing a model. It's really um, feeding the model, the planning system, if you will, the, the kind of information to be able to successfully project where you're headed. So uh, I have, you know, great experience with some of the planning tools. And interestingly enough, I was at a company where we had done a financial model and management didn't like uh, the numbers they said push it and then we ended up landing at the number that the that the um uh, system said and it doesn't mean that we didn't try to to push you know push the business but um there are uh, you know there are limitations to what you can do so uh, the systems when you feed them good information and you understand the process you can get great projections so that's what's going to help you so if you were to ask me again you know what it takes it takes good a good erp and then a 
planning system, a financial modeling system that is integrated and linked so that all that actual data that you have is fed into your planning system and is not um, all spreadsheet driven. So I, I would I would argue uh, or, or advise not to be reliant on overly reliant on Excel planning. Uh, it, it, it you need to up your game with sophisticated planning systems, which by the way are not that expensive nowadays with the cloud-based solutions that are available. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're in Excel running your business and you have like, you know, even, you know, 500,000 or five, I don't know, maybe even $15,000 of revenue coming in, you should be out of it. Like Excel is like back in the eighties, right? Like you should definitely be using a tool. There's a lot of different ones for the small, low, low, lower end revenue, all the way up to middle to high. So that's such a great point you bring out. uh, and, And something that you can definitely help your clients be able to find the right tools. Is there anything else you'd like to, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, Just uh, just to close that point is what's really important is to just under get the right tool for the job. You don't use a hammer when you need a screwdriver. So it's always making sure that you have the appropriate level tools. I'm not, I'm not dismissing Excel at all. Excel is wonderful for ad hoc analysis. You know, if you want to do a one-off and do something that is just, um, something that might even be needed out there. I did a lot of Excel files for a um, roadshow that we were working on. So I'm not dismissing that entirely, but there are, you know, it's really more about having the appropriate tools. Yeah, with more data means more sophistication. So, and it doesn't mean that you have to go and get them like the Cadillac, the the Porsche, the Beamer uh, of the systems right away. It's something that you could build up to as your company continues to grow. That's right. And a lot of these tools are very scalable as well. So a lot of times what you can do is opt for a more basic model and then um, then you can upgrade. And what that does is it allows you to maintain your plumbing, if you will, without having to rip it all out and start over. So it's about it's about it's about scalable growth. I love that. So, Ray, I appreciate your time here. Any other last words of wisdom or encouragement to the CFOs? The C, or excuse me, the CEOs, founders of startups out there in the world that's listening to this. Right. Well, what's super important is, especially if you think that you might have a liquidity event on the horizon, or you just are concerned with cash flow and what's going to happen next with your business, um, make sure that you get some an experienced CFO, somebody that's done it um, all and has handled all aspects of. Um, running the financial side of the of the house and because it'll pay off because what you're what's really important is to to understand where you are where you've been and where you're going and uh and again and i'm available as well so uh (laughs) for those types of opportunities great well awesome thank you so much ray for your time i hope the listeners have gotten a little bit out of this i know some of the ceos that i've worked with in the past have shared with me i wish i had brought a more sophisticated, experienced finance person to my team sooner and not later. And I think that's a key thing here in regards to interim or fractional CFO support. You have the capacity and the capability of bringing on those experienced individuals that can help you grow your business, even if you think you're not ready for such a high level individual. So thanks again, Ray, for your time. You're quite welcome. Uh, I'm sorry, just one more closing note. Oh, yeah. 
at the end of the day, you get what you pay for, right? So, so true. And, you know, so one of the other suggestions may be have somebody come in and set you up and then perhaps turn it over to somebody at a more junior level. But it's very important to have somebody that really knows what they're doing to set up your business for success. So um, that's why it's important. Again, talk to the different folks and, uh, and also ultimately make sure that you're on the same page, that you communicate and understand each other because that's where some of the breakdowns will happen. So happy to help. Free consultations are available anytime <laughs> and we can take it from there. Excellent. Wise advice at the very end. Again, thank you so much, everyone, for joining today's podcast. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.